Hey everyone, you might be wondering what's up with this episode title. I just started up a new podcast about free-to-play gacha games, and I wanted to get the first episode up as soon as possible, since some of the information in it is pretty time-sensitive. Since setting up a new podcast feed and getting album art ready takes time, it made more sense to put this episode up on the BakaCast feed for its debut, since gacha games, like anime, are both great and terrible. Also, they can be pretty anime. Uh, once I've got one or two more episodes recorded, it should have its own feed set up, and I'll stop shoving it into the BakaCast feed. So if you're just here for the anime reviews, feel free to skip this one. But if you're at all interested in hearing my friend Sierra and me talk about some video games, maybe give it a shot? Anyway, enough with my preamble. I hope you enjoy. So, hello and welcome to Gotcha Journalism, a podcast where we try out gotcha games so you don't have to wait two weeks to find out you hate playing it. Uh, I'm Sierra. And I'm Dustin. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's the first time. We're still figuring this out. Yeah, look, I, it, yeah, first time doing this, we'll, we'll catch our groove. I have no excuse. I've done like 400 podcasts, but. Oh, I I have, I have plenty of excuses and I'm just going to coast on that forever. (laughs) We'll be 300 episodes deep and I'll still be making excuses. It's fine. Sometimes I can't remember the number of Baka casts I'm recording and I'll just throw something out there. Mm-hmm. So, it's fine. Listen, listen. We're not the ones who have to listen to this. It's exactly. the listener's problem, not ours. Well, I will I will eventually. Though usually oh. I'll skip over most of it because I don't need to mm-hmm. listen to everything while I'm editing. But I, I do have to listen to my mistakes and cringe at them. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, that's fair. I just have anxiety to do that for me. No, it's fine. You, go ahead, continue. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, this is a podcast where we try out gotcha games and try playing them for two weeks to a month to just try and get a feel of playing them over a longer length of time instead of just giving them the short cursory glance that uh, folks are, a lot of times, only able to give them. Uh, so that... When you want to try it out, you don't have to go, hey, is this going to be a thing that kind of sucks in a week or a month or a year down the road? Or is this going to be something that I'm going to actually enjoy playing? Because honestly, playing gotcha games tends to be more of a marathon than a sprint. Yeah, with a lot of gotcha games, um, they start out really fun. And then you only find out later when the true horror begins. Mm hmm. And also, like, knowing how things are going to be a little ways down the line helps you find the ones that you're willing to drop that time into. It, so that you don't just feel like, oh, well, I wasted a month and a half. So this week we're going to be talking about uh, one of the big, really popular gacha games, especially lately, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy. Before we do that, we want to quickly run through and define some terms, just so everybody is on, like, the same ground when we talk about it, so that... We don't spend the next 15 minutes just intermittently interrupting ourselves with definitions. Yeah, so I figure the first place we should start, um, and also maybe the most obvious, uh, is what what is a gotcha game and why is it called that? Uh, mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, this podcast, you may already know, but just in case, um, gotcha games get their name from um, 
sort of these uh, almost vending machines in Japan called the Gashapon machines, where like you put in some money and you um, like pull a lever and a uh, special a little toy comes out and you don't know what the toy is going to be until you get it and you open up the little Gashapon pod. Uh, and gacha games uh, work very similarly and uh, typically they're going to be um, either uh, Japanese or Korean in origin though there are some um, western made gacha games or at least with gacha style systems that have come out recently uh, like Star Trek Timelines is one that I can think of off the top of my head uh, but generally uh, oh, they're yeah. going to be free to play games uh, where uh, you will assemble a team of units um, and you will do random rolls for either weapons or items or even characters uh, to use in your team. Uh, and those, uh, that, those random pulls for stuff to use in your teams are going to be where these free-to-play games make their money uh, because... While they will give you uh, free currency to use on the roulette, um, you can also and are encouraged to uh, spend money to gain extra currency to make uh, even more pulls. And that is where the gambling element comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that we necessarily need to have a Berlin definition of gotcha games right now, but the general rule tends to be... Uh, if it's a thing where you can spend money to get JPEGs of your anime wife, it's probably a gotcha game. Yeah, that that is uh, <laughs> that is the joke Reddit answer. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, also uh, on my list here, uh, sort of in keeping with the idea that these games are technically free to play, but not really, uh, is the term whale, uh, which mm-hmm. refers to a, a player who spends inordinate amounts of money. Um, on these games, uh, some some people who are whales are just like have a lot of expendable income and can afford to just blow some money on characters they like. Uh, unfortunately, other people are um, people who can't necessarily afford it, but still do it because uh, gotcha games. Unfortunately, uh, also trigger gambling addictions. Uh, yeah, so. I, I think I think it is important to establish out the gate that gotcha games, first and foremost, are a form of gambling. Like they are. Yes. They are predatory in the same way that gambling is predatory, and despite the fact that we love playing these games, it is important, for me at least, to acknowledge, yes, they are part of a system that does prey upon vulnerable folks and folks vulnerable to gambling addiction. Yeah, which I would say, which is why I would say up front, like, if if you are or believe you might be vulnerable to these sorts of systems, just do not play any of these games Ever. absolutely just not don't, it, it is not worth it. your time or money do not do it yeah yeah like i i play these because like even though i spend some money i can control my spell myself i can set limits for myself um and the limits i set are like what i can afford um so mm-hmm. i would be considered more along the lines of a dolphin which is another term that kind of was derived from whale referring to people who you know spent spend a decent amount of money on these games but like aren't nearly at whale territory mm-hmm. um and then there's also minnow who are this that term is used for people who are like just a little bit above free to play like they'll spend a little bit amount of money 
um, which is how I am for most of my gotcha games, um, mm-hmm. especially ones with really bad rates like um, Fate Grand Order, where I'll, I'll only ever spend money yeah. if it's a guaranteed five-star character uh, mm-hmm. banner, which very rarely happens. Uh, but yeah, so minnows are, are players who spend a little bit of money, maybe like a few bucks a month at most. Um so they're not free to play, but also they're not really breaking their bank. Uh, it, for reference, uh, Minnow is generally where I fall because I'm a broke bitch who can barely <laughs> afford to uh, cover rent. So five bucks a month I can drop, but usually not more than that. Yeah, I'm. To be fair, I'm really only a dolphin for Doken Battle. Like that is mm-hmm. that is the one game where I make an exception. Um, uh, then. Uh, Another term we should go over is banners, because these will, these will be coming up a lot. A banner in a gacha game is uh, basically the... Uh, not not every unit or, or item or whatever you are getting from the gacha roulette is going to be available all at once, typically. Uh, instead, they will be like sorted into banners um, that will, will typically include some new stuff, as well as some of the old stuff that has appeared in the past and like that will sort of be the pool of items that you can get and a lot of times uh, for for some gotcha games there will be like multiple banners going on at once and you'll have to like decide which one is best for you to pull on the uh, important one of the important things about banners too is they will a lot of times contain items of varying rarities or will contain increased rates for items of higher rarities um depending on the game and depending on any events that are happening at the time so like for example in the game we're talking about today grand blue uh what is there is a thing called the flash gala going on right now which has much higher rates for the highest rarity of characters ssr characters yeah, and you'll and you'll see and different banners sometimes have different gimmicks like uh like you said there'll be rate ups on um on a, a like super super rare characters or like specific characters um uh, will get uh increased chances to draw things like that. Um but yeah, ultimately just the basic term banner just refers to um the collection of things you can pull on at any given time. Uh mm-hmm. which speaking of pulling um, we will often talk about either poles or rolls, specifically 10 poles or 10 rolls. Um, cause while you can like spend, uh, gotcha currency to pull like a single item, uh, in the vast majority of these games, they encourage you to spend a, ch- a chunk of currency at a time to, uh, pull for multiple items at once, typically in, um uh typically in denomination denominations of 10 or 11 depending on the game uh and oftentimes there'll be an extra bonus like if you do a multi-pull you're, you're guaranteed a highest rarity uh, at least one highest rarity item or character um though not all do that uh but but mm-hmm. there are plenty that do have like a guaranteed uh, highest rarity in general, when we're talking about rolling on the uh, gacha machine, folks are encouraged to roll 10 rolls just because it is the most efficient use of money. And for this podcast, we are going to be assuming that folks are playing, by and large, free-to-play. Um, and so yeah. they're going to need to be 
smart with the free currency that the game doles out to you in increasingly small amounts. Uh, and that's all, that's sort of like the basic gotcha slang that I could think of that really mm-hmm. needs to be explained that would be relevant for everything we're going to go over. I'm not sure if you have any others you want to bring up. Uh, I think that covers just about everything. Um, we maybe we'll put those in the show notes if we can, just to so that folks have an easier way to refer back to that if they need to. Yeah. Uh, so with all that said, uh, I think maybe we could talk about ourselves and our experience with Gotcha Games before we dive into Grand Blue real quick. Um, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm actually trying to remember what the first Gotcha game I played was. I actually think it might have been Doken Battle. Um, okay. which is a Dragon Ball Z Doken battle to be specific. So like I I love Dragon Ball Z a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Doken Battle was like one of the first games uh, gacha games I played. Um, and what's interesting uh, is that I played it for about a year and then got frustrated with it, put it down, came uh... back to it like one or two years later and now it's like my favorite one to play like the one i spend mm-hmm. the most time on just because like when i came back to it like i figured out how the mechanics work uh, yeah <laughs> the moment in like a gotcha game where you finally go oh this is how i'm supposed to play it and have fun makes it like way more enjoyable yeah and i'll get into it in more detail when we inevitably inevitably do a doken battle episode um mm-hmm. but Uh, yeah, like, initially, like, I just did not know how to effectively build a team or, like, engage with the battle system. I I was frustrated because it felt too random. Um, but Mm. then when I came back, I was like, I came, when I came back to it, I was like, okay, I'll actually read up on how to do this Mm -hmm. and how to make teams. And now, like, uh, I love that game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you play anything else? Uh, yeah, so I actually have, um... I spend the most time with Doken Battle and uh, with Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia, which mm-hmm. is a mouthful of a name to say. Uh, it is also All of the Final Fantasy ones are just egregious. Yeah, it's also the only Final Fantasy gotcha game I play now. Um, I tried mm-hmm. basically all of them. So Final Fantasy Record Keeper, Mobius Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Brave Xevious. Um, I played all those, especially Record Keeper, for a pretty significant chunk of time. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just eventually grew really frustrated with all of them, except for Dissidia. Uh, and I actually like think Dissidia is, even though it doesn't have Riku yet, it's the superior Final Fantasy option. Okay. <laughs> but, but she'll be coming eventually. I mean, they put Pain in mm-hmm. there. So Riku's so, coming. So she'll have to be there eventually. Oh yeah, absolutely. The only two Final Fantasy X characters who you can who you can play in the games that is missing are just Riku and Kimari. Okay, I, I, <laughs> if I they do Kimari know. before Riku, I will be uh, personally offended. But <laughs> I, I need to know: is my precious son Ramza in the game yet? Because oh yeah, is, I'm a... oh yeah, Ramza okay. was one of the first extra characters they did. He was one of the okay, first I'll... event characters. Um, and I might actually, need to look at that um, game. Yeah, and actually, like, for a lot of the event characters, um, they just brought them back to gain at any time in, like, these events, in these, like, optional quests called Lost Chapters. So, yeah, oh. you could, you could like, you could start playing Final Fantasy Opera Omnia and just get Ramza pretty much immediately if you wanted to. Okay, that <laughs> makes me want to actually try the game. 
Yeah, and Ramza Ramza is a pretty uh, is a pretty decent character in the game too. So that's that's always nice. It's always sad when a character you love is just kind of trash and you can't use them. Yeah, that's 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 kind of what I liked about uh, um, both Record Keeper and a Brave Zevius is because mm-hmm. uh, in Record Keeper um, she eventually became Riku eventually became like a really solid support class. Um, and then in Brave Zevius, she is she like broke the game practically oh, yeah, no. because she, she could is... just grant auto life to your entire party. She could not only grant auto life, but she could grant like several stupid strong. Bu- she still grants several stupid strong buffs that it just makes her incredibly powerful to this day, despite being technically outclassed by literally everyone. Yeah, I rolled, I, I got, when the FF10 banner came out for Brave Zevius, I got both Titus and Riku. Jesus Christ! Which I was extremely happy about, because I was saving up for them for, like, months. Uh, now, now you get I, the extra I, I don't play enough. Zevius anymore, though, because I hate that battle system. <laughs> and I hate My the trust, with... and I hate the trust system most oh, of Oh, God. So, Zevius is one of the three gacha games that I currently play, um... But I've just fallen off super hard. Uh, less because because I enjoy the uh, battle system. I like setting up sparking or spark chains and stuff like that. I think that's fun way of building a team. Um, but the trust system in that game is fucking atrocious. Yeah, and um, you kind of need then, to do it. Well, not only do you need to do that, but now the new seven star system makes everything um, really frustrating because in order to get a seven star, you need to draw two six stars. And the six star rate is atrocious. And not only do you need to draw two six stars, but you need to draw two of the same six star. Oh. Uh huh. <laughs> and then and then you have to eat one of those six stars to make that six star a seven star. So if you want two seven star chainers of the same, you need to actually draw four. Mm. And in order to get the super <laughs> trust reward from a character. What you actually need is, I think, either four or five of the same, all of which are fed into a single seven star. Oh, man, this is really making me glad I just dropped that game immediately after I completely whiffed on the 2B banner. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> there, seven stars aren't I got Titus necessi- and I got Riku, and I'm like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> seven stars aren't technically necessary in that game's power creep yet, but um, they will be soon. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, some some other uh, couple games I play regularly um, are uh, Fate Grand Order, which I'm the most guilty about. I think mm-hmm. that's fair, <laughs> uh, and uh, obviously Grand Blue, and those are my mm-hmm. pri- primary ones. Like I dabble in like Kingdom Hearts Unchained X, but I'm pretty much just there for the story content, which comes out at like a snail's pace these days. So I hardly ever yeah. go into it anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, that's, that's sort of my story is spending way too much time on Doken battle and then, you know, popping into the others on occasion. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so the couple that I play are primarily Grand Blue, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, Puzzle and Dragon, which is, oh, God, uh, really... <laughs> I've played pad for six years seven years now at this point yeah um, that's that was one of the earliest gotcha games it's also like yeah it, it, i'm not sure if it's still a big deal but it was a big deal a while oh it, ago. it's 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 not quite the same as it was when it was like the only game in town 
but like yeah. it's it's still going really strong and like yeah. it still gets stupid collabs like the fact that it has had a monster hunter collab yeah i i uh, i love the pad collabs and i i appreciate what puzzle and dragons does but mm-hmm. i i tried several times to get into that game but i just could not get good at like the the puzzle matching like i just could not yeah do it the thing i specifically appreciate about puzzles and dragons is it is it is a gotcha game but it's uh actual gameplay mechanics is a just straight up a puzzle game and like it is almost a puzzle game first and foremost in that like no if you want to play the game you have to play the game there is no setting it on auto it's just hey have fun with this puzzle yeah, it's it's reminiscent it's reminiscent of pu- Pokemon Puzzle League, um, though with slightly yeah. different mechanics. In in that uh, y- the idea is to match up like um, symbols to set up chains, and the chains is how like it, the chains are how your units like activate their skills or do their damage. Yeah. Um. So like you. So even though yeah, rolling good units helps. You've also you got to be good at puzzles, and I am not good at those types of puzzles. Uh, sort of like how I really like the rhythm gotcha games like Idol Master, but there are some people who just are not going to be able to play those. That's me. That's me. I can't do that. I'm okay. real bad at those. Well it'll, well, it'll be real fun when I have us play uh, a Bang Dream Girls, ba- Girls Band Hell Battle yeah. or whatever Hell that yeah. game is. I can't wait to yell about how gay this ga- that game is and how badly I am playing it. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's extremely... It's it, it. A lot of these are actually going to be very gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it. it's going to be great. I love it. Um, <laughs> so anyways, now that we're 20 minutes in and have covered the basics. Par for the uh, course. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I think we can probably start talking about Grand Blue. Um, so Grand Blue is a game that has been uh, around for actually a really long time. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to look that up because now I'm curious. Yeah, um, did Grand Blue start? So Grand Blue started in 2014, so it's been around for about... Actually, oh, yeah, hey, we probably could have answered this fifth... question super easily, huh? Yeah, oh yeah, because the fifth anniversary going on, so we could just have, d- like, subtracted we by thought five. for two seconds, yeah. So <laughs> Grand Blue's currently having an event that is uh, uh, its fifth anniversary, so it's, it's five years old, believe it or not. Um... Uh. It's also ludicrously popular. <laughs> yes, it is obscenely popular um, for a lot of reasons, and I, I think justifiably so. Uh, it is obscenely expansive. There is an absolutely absurd amount of content in the game, both narratively and... Um, uh, Just gameplay-wise. G- gameplay-wise, yeah. Um, it is a game that encourages like a high degree of customization uh, with how you build teams, Uh it's astonishingly free to play friendly and they just give you shit for free like all of the time just yeah on an absurd level such as the fifth anniversary where like they'll uh, i've i've you can uh, you pretty easily get like 200 or more rolls uh 200 or more Uh, pulls for free so i was looking i was convincing a friend to play it and just straight up if you started playing today uh today being the 18th i think you are guaranteed something like 220 rolls um oh yeah because because out because on the last day like you are guaranteed it's a guaranteed 100 yeah yep so yeah like it is a game that is just obscenely generous uh and that i think definitely helps its popularity but um i think what also helps its popularity is that it is uh 
astonishingly focused on character and on building up like actual narratives that let people invest in these characters, which is yeah. really appealing to me. It's easily um, the most story-focused uh, gotcha game I've played so far. Um, it has a ton of story content, and it, and it at times feels a lot like a visual novel, practically, um, in mm-hmm. how much dialogue and story there there is. And it honestly, I also, I also think a big part of its success is just how good the art is. Oh, it's beautiful. It's genuinely beautiful. Like, I, I gen... It, it is top-tier anime JPEG-wise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like... like I, I'm hard-pressed to think of anyone better. Yeah. Um, like, Fate Grand Order uh, has some, like, a pretty good art. Uh, but yeah. also But also, like, the... Um, like, the sprites are fairly basic. Also, there's a much more varying level of quality, just because Fate Grand Order likes to um, hire, like a lot of different artists to do their Mm -hmm. stuff so and they encourage them to like draw in their own style so there's a lot more variability Mm -hmm. whereas like grand blue is has a very consistent art style very consistent theme so just everything looks stupid good Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah grand blue is if nothing else it is a really interesting first gotcha game for someone to start playing because the strong story element allows folks a easy access point um, and an easy way to just keep going forward and enjoying it even when they're not really sure what they should specifically be grinding for or whatever yeah Um, i I also think it acts as both like a great introduction to like things you would probably like about gotcha games and also a uh a more i would say forgiving warning about the things that are very bad about gotcha games it, it contains yeah. multitudes mm-hmm. and it, we will sort it's... of get into that a little later but yes it is it is a game that has literally affected legislation yeah um, uh-huh. it, it, it is it is a game that is the reason we have the disclaimer of hey if you are um vulnerable to gambling you should not play these games yeah so oh. Go ahead. One one other thing that appeals to me about Grand Blue specifically, and I think this will be a good segue into, um, like, if we want to talk about sort of the basic story, is that because uh, the story is a big part of Grand Blue, is that it mm-hmm. has this really interesting aesthetic where it is on its surface a high fantasy world, and for the most part, it kind of sticks to that. But also, every so often, like, you get some wild sci-fi elements where like there are literal like apocalypse robots or like a thing or like supercomputers that are also gods and don't it, forget the cloned angels that are also supercomputer people who are supposed to be and they're non-sentient but are secretly sent listen Grand yeah, Blue's fucking wild y'all there, there's a lot of stuff going on in grand blue and like there's and that's both that's both good and bad because like there can be a lot to keep track of and it can seem a little overwhelming. But also, if you play it the way I do, you'll just skip the story scory- the scory. You'll just skip the story content that you don't care about, and then uh-huh. and then you'll just read thoroughly everything you do. And if like you aren't entirely sure about some elements that are brought up, it's fine. You can just Google those like. 
I will play it's... every story about the society that comes up because I am a Zeta mark. Listen, give me that, give me that sweet, sweet sandalfon shit. I love oh, it. Yeah. It's gay. You and Molly. Uh huh. Listen. <laughs> Molly is correct. Sandalfon is gay and hot, and it's true. Yeah, uh, look, Sandalfon is living good. in my truth. I, mm-hmm. I won't lie. I, I did. I did read through the vast majority of uh, you know why is the sky blue events. I'm just saying, like I I am here for the society. <laughs> I, I I get that. Yeah, I I have a couple of characters like that in the game that I just like. Oh, I I love them. They are my child. Yeah, it also helped that the end of the most recent society event had them all like fighting a like super mecha robot. Yeah, it did. Which was dope. It was dumb as shit. I love it so much. Yeah, uh, which if you if you really want to like get a good introduction to the story of Grand Blue, there's they actually have an anime now. You know. Oh yeah, they do. Uh. Which, like, even even Fate Grand Order only has one episode of an anime. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Grand Blue's beating most gotchas in that regard. So, yeah, there's just, like, a straight-up full season of an anime that you can watch. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched the first five ep- episodes to remind me of what happened. And I completely forgot that your player character, which, depending on who you choose, is going to either be a male named Gran or a female named Jita... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they they die in like the first quest line. Oh yeah, they do. So okay, it, it, like that's you a get good murdered. <laughs> that's a good segue into um. Just to, we'll do a brief summary of the plot of the game. Um, since it's actually really genuinely important for Grand Blue, or or at the very least, is a major draw. Yeah. So, um, your major character, uh, which you can. For posterity's sake, uh, you can play as either a boy or a girl, which is really nice uh, and doesn't affect anything. And as time has gone by, they have uh, removed gender locking on a bunch of stuff. Like Yeah, even for the can... Valentine's events. Yeah. So, like, for the Valentine's events, you can give chocolates to boys uh, as a boy and girls as a girl. And this game is gay, y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it is very gay. It is one of the most explicitly gay that I've seen a gacha game be. Or really it's... most pieces of Japanese media be. <laughs> there are scenes with women are who are just literally stroking each other's hair and talking about how they love each other. It's like Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not even subtext at some no. point. Like it's just the major arc is literally a tragic gay love story. Yeah. It's genuinely genuinely gay and i love it um, yeah there, and there's you'll, there's you'll definitely play the game a reason for 40 why hours. everybody i know on twitter plays this game <laughs> also you'll play the game for 40 hours before you actually hit any of the gay just yeah, as a is, heads up yeah there's a there's a long ramp up time to it but anyway so the basic plot is uh you play as either gran or cheetah um who are the boy and the girl character respectively um, and they have a tiny little mascot character friend named Vern, who is a small red, quote unquote, dragon. Um, they're they're not a dragon. They're like a lizard at best. Yeah, um, it's un- it's unclear what Vern is. It's just easier to say they're a dragon because that gives you a better mental image than most any other animal we could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so as we uh, as we learn about this world we very quickly discover that 
uh, everybody lives on these floating islands in the skies, uh, and the main character's dad has disappeared, um, and they want to go venture through the skies to find their dad. That's, like, the driving goal for the main character, and you'll hear about it, like, once a year. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember watching the anime, and he's talking about how he wants to meet his dad, and I'm thinking, like, wait, he has a dad? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, his dad disappearing is, like, the whole yeah. reason you're about to, like, leave. Yeah, I totally um, forgot that that was even a plot element. <laughs> so, uh, you, as you are, like, getting ready to go find your dad or whatever, uh, you spot a airship of the nearby Empire. Um, and because they're an Empire in an anime game, they're obviously evil, which, I mean, yeah, no, that that's accurate. Accurate. Actually, that's true. Um. And the main character comes to the rescue of a blue-haired girl named Lyria. Uh, and I believe that is when you just straight up get murdered. Like, you explicitly die. Uh, yeah, also Catalina's there. Oh, yeah, Catalina is a character who is basically a former Imperial, Imperial officer who has mutinied to try and rescue this girl, Lyria. Um, so as you get super murdered, just straight up stabbed to death, yeah, Lyria it, merges her soul with you to bring you back from the brink of death. Yeah, keep in um, mind, this happens after Lyria, the unassuming child, uh, summons a giant dragon called Bahamut to annihilate her foes. Listen, we we all have things we have to do. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you have to pay rent. Sometimes you have to murder everyone with a dragon. Hey, listen, yeah. don't judge her. <laughs> she don't judge my precious perfect daughter yeah so like lyria just binds her life to yours uh to revive mm -hmm. you and now you just have to go wherever she goes otherwise you'll die well both of you will die i think yep uh so the important thing here is that by bonding your souls together like this first of all what lyria has done is given you the power to summon uh giant monsters basically through her but also, if either one of you dies, the other will also die. You are basically sharing a single life. Yeah. And this actually comes up in a pretty cool gameplay mechanic where uh, they eventually added Lyria as a character you can put in your party. Mm-hmm. It's, and, like, it's... and the cool thing about it is that if you put Lyria in the front line, um, you can summon twice in the same turn. Uh, but if if either, uh, either your character or Lyria gets KO'd, both characters get KO'd at the same time. So it's very risk-reward. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool way of, uh, uh, like, combining a gameplay element with the story. Yeah, Granville actually does that, like, a lot of times, and it's really interesting to watch a game that has, like, a really traditional RPG system do stuff like that. Yeah, it, 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 is, I sh it, is, it is, I should say, a uh, pretty traditional turn-based style of gameplay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you basically bolt with Lyria and Catalina and uh, hijack an airship to try and escape from the Empire and find clues about where your dad is go. Your dad went. Um, I, I, don't, I don't. Listen, I'm gonna be honest, y'all. I don't think we're ever gonna find our dad until like the game shuts down. But you oh know, yeah, maybe. No. Yeah. Um. So we end up. Catalina is horseshit at piloting and ends up crash landing in a nearby. Um, on a nearby sky island and you end up finding a couple of characters uh 
rack them uh, first yeah yeah who is just uh, it's so nothing a character he's just he, so he nothing. tries his best he fails his best <laughs> um but the empire also follows you there because they're an evil empire and they have just infinite resources i guess um and basically you guys bolt from that island and steal an airship and are just on the go then well you don't uh, necess- base- you don't you don't steal an airship you take uh, you take rackums that he was working oh, on fixing that's is it where you get Rackham's? the grand okay. cipher okay so yeah the the airship that you have is called the grand cipher um that everyone lives on and shut up don't worry about the fact that you have 200 people living on this and there are three copies of each person yeah, you have 200 girlfriends all living on one ship. Hey, hey. Some of them are boyfriends. True, yes. Girlfriends and, and boyfriends. And, and some, some are of them just... are partners because they're just weird uh, eldritch horrors who also happen to be living there. And yeah. or messengers of the divine who are also just, you know, actors who are out of work. Yeah, just hanging out. It takes all kinds. Um but yeah, like you, you, I should mention you, like you, the way you get the grand cipher is that you have to, Rackham basically, uh, is forced to pilot it in order to save the, uh, save the island that you crash landed on from being wiped out by the wind goddess Tiamat, the wind primal Tiamat. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. when we also discover that Lyria, uh, has an ability to interact with the primal beasts, um. And help calm them down so that when they do go berserk like this, um, she is able to basically quell that rage so that they don't just straight up destroy the Sky Island. Yeah, um, so because... a, a, a lot of the early game um, story and battles are uh, sort of lead up to fighting each of the uh, elemental primals. Mm-hmm. Um, as you get like further in the plot... Start, stuff starts to expand in really interesting ways. You end up seeing more about the Empire. You see more um, about the various lives of people outside of your immediate struggle. Uh, you start to see a more cosmic scale. Or not even cosmic, but like a larger scale for than just you versus the Empire. Yeah. As your character and party gets more powerful, like the Empire stops to be the main threat really and you start to get the attention of literal gods of creation (laughs) Mm -hmm. well and like the interesting thing about it is it's hard to it's hard to talk about much in the later plot for grand blue because a spoilers are weird for this game because it's it's a literally infinite game It, it is a game designed to be played forever yeah, there's there's so much story content we could not conceivably cover it. Uh, right, but in, I, I also in, yeah, I, I also don't want to spoil what happens with Lucifer and Sandalfon, um, except that they're gay yeah. and they're husbands, and it's tragic. Um, but what I will say is that the game, while the story and the writing can be kind of, um, I don't want to say bad, but it's kind of like young adults tier uh at at best at first um it definitely starts to develop in complexity and starts approaching really interesting themes like uh the more recent events have started approaching the idea of whether the sheer act of creation of a deity also makes that deity inherently benevolent or whether that makes the deity worth worshiping because they created you or if your 
predetermination and your uh, own will is more important than some design a creator has for you and what that means for faith. Um, which is not really what I expect from a game about anime JPEGs. Yeah, no, it goes places. Uh. It's really hard to like recommend this game on the sheer back of the plot because in order to get to that, it's like, okay, cool. So just wait um, a year and a half for the rerun of this third part of the event and do the other two parts of the events. And also it'll be about six months before you can actually touch any interesting plot stuff. But yeah, that, that if is you the... are, it takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of dedication, but if it's something where you are enjoying the act of playing it and you are enjoying even what comes before that, I, I promise you're in for a really lovely treat. Um, so that's the basic plot summary, um, which is a weird thing to say about a gacha game. But uh, outside of just the gacha game, there is the actual gameplay itself, which is this uh, really interesting turn-based RPG system. So basically what, how it works is you have your main character, and you have three characters in your front line, and then you have two characters in your back line. Um, and each character has two to three skills that they can end up using in a battle as well. Er, and then at the end of each turn, everybody will do their basic normal attack. Uh, as they normal attack and as they're hit by the enemy, they will build up a, a bar called a, or a meter called a charge bar or an oogie meter. Um, and when that hits 100%, you can use that to unleash a powerful special attack. And you can link powerful or these powerful special attacks into a big thing called the Chain Burst. Um, and a lot of the game is built around maintaining meter and building meter and doing damage that way. Although there's several different teams, or way you can build teams, uh, because of the other part of the system, which is your weapon grid and your summons. Uh, your weapon grid... Oh. Oh boy, yeah, the weapon grid. <laughs> You're, so the, the weapon grid is going to eat up a large chunk of your time. Yes, the weapon grid is where you get into stupid math. Uh, so instead of making your RPG math like dependent on like weird skill interaction or anything like that, they just say, hey, listen, we're just going to relegate all the stupid multiplicative and additive math bullshit to this one mechanic. And listen, it's going to be important. But if you like stupid math bullshit... Have we got stupid math bullshit for you? <laughs> and so the weapon grid is basically a way for you to stack a bunch of different uh, passive attack up or HP up, but honestly, largely attack up uh, skills for a respective element on your team. Um, and because of this, you will end up usually building teams of singular elements to allow the greatest benefit to all of them. Um, and so you will end up with teams for each element eventually, with varying weapon grids that can determine uh, ways to play your characters. So, for example, the wind element really loves to have your characters at the lowest possible HP value you can keep them without them also dying, because the lower HP they have, the more damage they can do. Yeah, Dark, Dark also likes doing that. Mm -hmm. Whereas water has this, uh, at the end game, has a effect called stamina on their weapon grid, which basically means the higher their HP, the more damage they can do, which makes them really powerful at the beginning of a fight, but as it drags on, it'll end up being weaker and weaker. Um, but these aren't even like the only way you can build weapon grids. There tends to be singular optimal paths because it's math, and 
that's often how RPG math works, but there is a lot you can do depending on different character makeup and different uh, character builds. Um, so it ends up being this really interesting system. Um, the general loop of play is usually um, you go through and go from mission to mission, clearing a lot of story content, and then also doing what is called raids, which are big battles that often can be shared with between 6 and 30 other people joining randomly uh, to fight big monster bosses simultaneously. Yeah, and in the beginning when you're starting to play, you are probably not going to do any appreciable damage to the to the raid bosses, like you will attack with your, your full party and you'll maybe get 1% or 2% of their health down. <laughs> um, so in the early parts you're largely going to be relying on um, much better uh, parties coming in to kick the boss's ass for you. Mm -hmm. And what you end up getting from these raids are an item, or, or tends to be weapons for your weapon grid. Um, and the nice thing about it is they're entirely free. Like, the one of the best things about Grand Blue is it is both easy and, in some cases, optimal to play it free-to-play. Um, like, Wind, I believe, is a grid that uh, the free-to-play option is literally better than the uh, paid option. Yeah, I know it used to be. I'm not sure what Win's current state is now. But yeah, for, for a while there, it was like sort of the optimal mm -hmm. free-to-play. Um, and so, in general, that makes the game extremely free-to-play friendly. What it also means is that the general loop of play in the game is extremely, extremely grind-heavy. Like, it, it's one of those games where it's sort of like Monster Hunter, where if you don't like this basic loop of the game, you will want to pick a different game, because it yeah. is... The grind is the gameplay, is the grind. Like, that's that's everything that is there. Yeah, especially um, if you uh, happen to um, luck into um, characters that mean you, you're best you're best off starting making a light or a dark grid just because yeah. um, the only way for most of the, uh, for all the other elements, um, earth, wind, fire, and water, um, there are uh, like lower level raids and then there are the yeah. high, higher tier raids. And for those main four elements, earth, wind, fire, water, uh, their lower tier raids can give you um, uh uh, SR tier, which is like step below SSR, which is the highest rarity, uh, weapons that give you attack up, which is generally what you want for your grid. So like you can use that as like a budget grid that you can have while you work up to something more powerful. Um, light and dark don't have that. You, if you want to make progress on increasing your team's power, you have to farm the higher level raids for SSR items, and it is a slog. And it can be, from personal experience, because I started out with a team of light characters before I eventually, and like really only in the past few months, got a decent fire team. Um, I was like, just my best characters were all light. Uh, and I, at a certain point, you, you stop even noticing any appreciable difference in your team's improvement and it can be tough to keep going mm -hmm. just cause of how much of a slog the grind can be. Yeah. Grand Blue is one of those games, especially where like over a 
it, it is a game better played over a long period of time rather than in short sprints necessarily. It's just, yeah. oh, I'll come back to this game, you know, once a week, a couple times a month, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's generally, you're generally best served in Grand Blue by doing a little bit every day. Maybe do like mm-hmm. 20 minutes, half an hour every day. Uh, don't spend, it's usually best just to not spend all that much time on it. Like, uh, for what I did when I was building my fire grid, just so I didn't go insane. Um, because even though fire grid is a lot easier, like it's still a grind. I would just log in during strike time, which is a thing that um, you can have if you join a crew, uh, which is a, this game's version of like guilds. Uh, and your guild can set two strike times per day, uh, where if you enter a raid, uh, your entire team's charge bars will be filled at 100% just starting out, um, mm-hmm. which can be really helpful uh, for taking down those bosses. Uh, and I would just like go into like the Colossus raid, which is for the fire element. I'd uh, do my three low-level like hard mode Colossus raids uh, to get you know drops. I do I do a few. Uh, I do I'd host three. Um, I'd host my max of three uh, Omega level Colossus raids and get people to help ki- help kill it for me, and then that'd just be it for the day. Uh, sometimes I'd get lucky and get like one or two things I needed. Sometimes I hard I'd get hardly anything, but eventually I uh, after like a month or so, um, I'm pretty much done almost with my fire grid and like all I need is one more weapon and just and to max out this. Uh, and to like max out my um, uh, uh, the weapons I already have, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm pretty much done with fire now, uh, which means I'm about to go back to grinding light. <laughs> yeah. Um. The the other thing about Grand Blue is uh, it doesn't so it does technically have a stamina system like most gotcha games where uh, doing any singular action will take a bit of stamina from your stamina bar. Um. Except it has also basically said, listen, I'm not going to pay attention to that. You're not going to pay attention to that. It's fine. And gives everybody an absurd amount of, uh, basically, stamina pots. Yeah. I also... literally have I, I literally have 2,500 uh, 50 stamina pots right now, which basically means I will literally never run out. Yeah, I have a stupid amount as well. Uh, I'm seeing if I can find them, but... Yeah, it's uh, you get so many stamina items that you effectively have an infinite stamina. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, the also like all of the um, side quests uh, and the side stories and like the events and also the main quest line do not cost any stamina to do. Mm-hmm. So like a, a huge chunk of things you can do just don't cost any stamina at all. Um, and then there's yeah, a, like a just separate mainline plot. You can, yeah. And there's a separate stamina for like joining raid battles that are in progress, which again, there's technically a limited amount that you can do, um, and then wait for it to recharge. But much like the main stamina meter meter, you're given so many items that can refresh that bar that you can, like, you're not gonna run out mm-hmm. unless you are like truly crazy and playing this game 24 7 yeah pretty much i i I, at this point i don't think i could spend all of my stamina if i tried 
Oh yeah, no, I it would it would be basically impossible for me to do that. Like I, I would, <laughs> I would I would become a blubbering hermit before I ever ran out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Pretty much. Um, yeah. So that's oh the other important thing to talk about is how this game's gotchas work or gotcha machine works. Um, oh yes. So. The gacha machine has basically three different possible items in it. Uh, there's weapons, which are things that will go on your grid. Uh, there is summons, which will be one of the five summons you have attached to any individual team. Um, uh, each of which has individual effects and can stack further multiplicative bonuses on your team. Um, or there are character weapons, which are weapons that have a... Uh, like any normal one that would go on your grid, but also have a character attached to them. And this is how you get your characters. Um, and they are all together in a single uh, in a single gotcha machine. Yeah. The nice thing about Grand Blue, um, and some gotchas are like this, but not all are. Uh, the the only thing included in the the only things that you can pull in the banners for this game are weapons and while not all of those weapons will have character characters attached like you're it's not like you're splitting up your pull between weapons and some other type of item that just doesn't have that it that has no chance of giving you a character well that there are technically the summon up banners but um oh, what those right. actually mean I forgot is about just summons, no one but draws. summons are pretty important though <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, but what ba summon up banners generally just mean is, oh, hey, I guess I just don't draw on this banner for, like, three days and I just save my crystals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I totally forgot about summons for a second there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, um, as a whole, I think the system were the game not as free with giving you resources and giving you the premium currency as it is, like, it would be... A lot more frustrating but because yeah. of just the obscene amount of free stuff they give you it, just by sheer volume you end up getting a lot of the stuff you want even if it's not everything you want yeah it's also how they get away with not having the same some of the same quality of life improvements that other gacha games have like um there are no uh there are no guaranteed ssr polls on uh, the non-paid currency banners like the only time when you are guaranteed to get an ssr character uh, is if you spend money to buy currency to use on a specific banner for that purpose otherwise it, well the best you're getting is rate up there is one way okay um, yes it, it, sparking yes <laughs> so sparking is a mechanic in this game that was introduced because of the legislation i had mentioned before um, so Grand Blue was part of a, uh, what was called Monkey Gate, basically, um, where the rates for the game were not, dis er, not displayed, if I remember correctly, uh, and they released a new character, uh, for New Year's Eve, or er, for the New Year's holiday, uh, who was a super rare ally with a, er, super rare character who had a low draw rate. Um, and was almost certainly lower than advertised, although no one was sure about that, if I remember correctly. Um, but people would drop literally thousands of dollars trying to get this single character, and it would not, just would not be coming. Um, 
And so Grand Blue, after um, legislation that had determined gotcha games were obligated to explain what their uh, drop rates were, like what the actual literal percentages are and make those available to customers, um, Grand Blue also introduced a mechanic called sparking. So if you roll 300 times on any single banner, you can pick literally any character in the game. Uh, like well, pick... not literally. So that's that's a thing about sparking is that um, oh. the is it the sp- banner specific? Yes, it is banner specific. Oh, okay. So there there is a limited pool of characters that you can get via your spark that rotate depending on the banner. So, for example, uh, the uh, the banner that I just sparked on. Um, even though it wasn't the smartest way to spark, um, I didn't, I didn't really need to fill any holes in my teams other than wind. So I just did it because I wanted to. Um, the previous banner, one of the spark targets was Summer Zeta, and I really mm-hmm. wanted to get Summer Zeta, um, and I didn't, didn't really want to spend uh, like buy a birthday draw set to like just get a ticket to spend on on her. So mm-hmm. I just sparked for her because um, she was one of the spark targets, uh, but. Um, right now, I think the, cause the banner changed, uh, the targets are probably going to be, um, they're usually like the featured units on the banner. Uh, yep. so for this one, it's, uh, s- summer versions of Yule, uh, Ilsa, Jean d'Arc, um, and, uh, now, now say are the super, super rares that you can spend on. Um, mm-hmm. but there's some others as well, uh, because flash galas and, uh, typically have, um, more spark targets than normal banners. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is not. It's not the full pool. But like, if you choose the right banner, there's still like a typically at least going to be two or three very good characters who are worth choosing. Yeah, and the other part about this is the um, the sheer volume of free stuff they throw you means that if you're willing to sit down and take the time and save up your stuff, it is feasible for a free-to-play player to spark. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times you'll hit a point where it's just like, man, there's no, like, I-, I don't really have a need to roll on this that badly. I can just save up all of my stuff and just get this one individual character I want. Um, yeah, like, I, again, taking from my example, because of how many free rolls we got during the new year's event and the fifth anniversary event. The first spark I ever did was in like near the end of December. And then I just Mm -hmm. did it again in March. So like only three months later and I don't play a whole lot. Yeah. Like Um, I'm, I'm an idiot who doesn't like bother saving anything because I, like gambling and i'll just oh, i got i got 20 free rolls i guess i'll just drop them all right yeah. now on this banner i don't really want anything yeah. on because also why not? It, it should be noted that when you're starting out it's generally best not to save up to spark and to just yeah. like spend on uh like flash galas and uh just all other like ssr rate ups just so you can start filling out your team and then spark when you start to have like a cohesive team coming along and need to fill in holes mm-hmm yeah. So also, it also it helps that like it used to be that Grand Blue they would have like free event characters that you could get who were fine but not great. Um, but lately, the quality of the free event characters has been increasing. Like 
specifically the latest two, um, Sundolphin, um, from the second part of the What Makes the Sky Blue event, is honestly one of the best characters you can have for Light. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Joker from the Persona 5 collaboration is a very good dark character. Um, like, up there, like, up there in, like, the 9.0 tier that goes mm-hmm. up to 10 on the, um, sort of, uh, Grand Blue Wiki tier list. So, the quality of the free event characters has been getting a lot better in recent, uh, months. Yeah. Like, even, uh, uh the Cardcaptor Sakura character was pretty good, if not, like, incredible. Um. But yeah, yeah so, so that's that's the general summary of the uh, of the game. Um, I guess what what is it you like about this game? Oh gosh, um, I do like the combat system a lot. Um, it's pretty yeah. satisfying. I, I like setting up teams. I like using their skills. Um, uh, I also just really like the character art. Like I'm a mm-hmm. sucker for the character designs. Um, like I said, I, uh, before we started recording, I really like the character named Zeta, um, or Zeta, mm-hmm. depending on how you want to pronounce it, spelled Z-E-T-A. Uh, I really love her design, and I have just completed my collection of every Z- uh, Zeta that's currently been released for the game. So, mm-hmm. that's fire, light, dark element, and then there's also, like, a, a SR light element Zeta, um... And yeah, I I also like the story as well, though I only recently started sort of paying attention to it. Um, for the first year or so that I was playing, I mostly just played it because I liked the gameplay and and the art. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and it also was just like because you can really easily play it in a browser. In fact, I would argue that playing it in a browser is the easiest way. You can play Grand Blue because one of the things we forgot to mention at the start, which I think is kind of yeah. important, is that mm-hmm. uh, if you are if you uh, are looking to play this on a um, on your iPhone or an Android phone, uh, you're not gonna find it in the English iTunes Store. Um, and in fact, it would be a huge hassle to try and play it um, by downloading the app because um, it does not have an official global release uh mm-hmm. it is it is japanese release only and you're like and so i hear you saying well how do you know what's going on with the story are you just really good at japanese no no uh-uh. <laughs> I, no i took two years of japanese in college and i've forgotten most of it um, i know the word hiragana that's about it <laughs> uh no what what they did instead um, instead of making an official English release, and part of this is likely just due to the fact that it's just easier to service one version instead of two, and also so they don't have to worry about getting rights again for collaborations, um, is that they just make a English translation that you can switch to on the Japanese version. Um, uh, it, ca- it is... What were you going to say? And occasionally, And occasionally you'll find, like, like weird glitches where they maybe just didn't translate a, a thing, but for the most part, it's a very comprehensive English translation and pretty good localization too. I, I was about to say, like the the thing that is incredible about it, incredible about it isn't is not only that it's like a thorough translation of an absurd amount of content, but that like the localization is 
I mean, it, it's explicitly intended for folks in America. Like, it, it is not like a just direct translation of it, but it is a localization with the express intent of folks in, like, predominantly English-speaking areas enjoying this content. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a slapdash translation that's a step above, like, Google Translate. It, it, no, fe- it, it, it very much feels like it is on the level of a professional, like, video game localization. Um, mm-hmm like what you'd expect out of atlas or uh nintendo of america or a24 yeah for sure like the the people it reminds me of uh is the most is actually eight to four um, yeah like yeah the very thoroughness much so. of localization um, yeah so yeah as for me i really like the uh combat system as well um i think the story especially as time goes on gets a lot better um, but the thing I actually appreciate the most is uh, one thing we hadn't mentioned is that every character has what are called fate episodes, um, which are basically just little uh, four episode short vignettes with each individual character. Um, so you get to understand who that character is and get to hear a little bit of their story before they start traveling with the main character, which is really nice. It helps you learn about the characters and helps you learn and care about them in a really appealing way, which for me at least makes enjoying the game and investing in it a lot more rewarding. Um, uh, do you have any like major cons or issues with the game? Yeah. So one thing that, that made it really hard for me to keep going back to grand blue regularly was just how, Grand Blue is a game that's been around for five years, and um, as is traditional of Gacha games, like they have to keep innov- they have to keep innovating on their core concept to like introduce new things to keep people sticking around. Because if you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again, you're probably not going to keep playing it. Um, and so Grand Blue has been around for so long that there is just a lot of stuff bolted on to like the sort of what used to be the main thing um so like you've you've obviously got like the main quests and the side stories and the events and you've got the you've got several tiers of raids uh you've got are the arcanum you've got uh tier four and ex classes uh you've got you've got a bunch of different types of like weapons that you can grind into super weapons for your grid and it is very enormously overwhelming at least it was for me at the start and still kind of is to know like what to do and where to start and what stuff is good and what stuff to pay attention to and what to like save for later um just because there's so much of it uh and it can be tough to tell without like reading an extensive guide to know like what the progression actually is because the game does not make it explicit at all like the game does not tell you oh you're new to the game here's here's where you should go and it's like oh you're starting to have trouble with the main quest line here's what you should do to make yourself more powerful it does not surface that at all yeah and on that note um I think the most valuable single resource for any new player is the wiki, which is genuinely incredibly comprehensive and has a lot of uh, 
really valuable resources for newer players, including a thing that's just literally called the new player checklist, where if you don't know what you're doing and you're a new player, you just go down that and make sure you've done everything on there. And by the time you're done with the checklist, you'll have an idea of what you should be doing next. Um, that yeah. wiki for anybody who is interested is gbf.wiki. Um, and it's a thing I still use three years into playing the game. Oh yeah. I, I go back to it constantly. Um, just to like, be like, okay, where does this item drop? Cause mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of items you have to collect for all the various things that you can grind. And it can be, it can be, can, it's very easy to forget where those items come from. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, just, just cause there, there's like so many different raids now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's that's one of my biggest cons with it. Uh, my second biggest con is that even though it is very free to free to play friendly, that co- does come with the caveat that, as we mentioned before, it is only friendly to free to, to free to play players if you are willing to invest a lot of time mm-hmm. um, to like really get to a point where like you're strong, where you're powerful enough to appreciate like all the systems that are at play in the game because when you're going to start out you're going to start out weak your characters are going to be pretty simplistic you're really not going to be engaging with the game in at all the same way that even like people approaching mid-tier like me are going to be playing it at so it you're just straight up not playing the same game for Mm -hmm. several hours uh so yeah i'd say in that way it is not very friendly to f- new players if you're doing free to play just because um and honestly even if even if you are spending money on it uh it can be it's very not new player friendly in that it takes a lot of time before you start to appreciate what grand blue is doing um as yep. opposed to other games that like you kind of get immediately get a sense of oh okay i see what this game is doing and, and why this is fun um, such as I'd say Dissidia Final Fantasy uh, is particularly good about that because like that game is largely like when you start playing that game the game you are playing is the game that you will be playing even at high level it's just that there are bigger numbers and more things to worry about but it's still largely yep. the same game and largely still really fun at that low level mm-hmm. yeah like when I start playing Puzzles and Dragons for the first time it is Still just the same match three game. Yep. Um, yeah, Pat is also a good example of, like, onboarding free-to-play, uh, onboarding new players and presenting them with what is really fun about the game almost immediately. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, so those are the caveats, I would say. <laughs> uh, so who would you recommend this to? Um, I would recommend this game... Um, to people who want a game that they can play like um that they can play like often that they they will sort of go into once a day play for a little bit who don't necessarily mind progressing slowly um because if you if you don't mind like just going in once a day playing for half an hour just getting a little bit done each day if you're not in a hurry you are going to get a lot of out of Grand Blue eventually. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I, you, you will definitely enjoy it um, once you get to the point where your uh, investment has paid dividends. Um, and you won't have to spend a dime. Uh, you can if you want. Um, and generally, like, you know, there are things called surprise surprise tickets or go by different names where if you spend 30 bucks, you get a free, you get a 10 roll and also you can just pick basically any character that you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can be helpful for like either filling out holes in your team or just getting a character you really like uh, for a pretty cheap uh, amount. Uh, but yeah, you, you, you don't have to spend hardly anything at all to get a lot out of this game as long as you're willing to make the time commitment. And because you can really easily play it in a browser, um, you can just like put it on while you're watching anime or, or watching Netflix or, you know, doing whatever. Um, and it's pretty easy just to like do your stuff in grand blue in a separate browser while you're just doing other things. So especially Justin, like if you say that, like you expect our, anyone listening to this podcast to watch anime. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, there is an overlap. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like, if this game is the perfect two-monitor game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the other people I would um, recommend this game for is folks who are really in- invested in uh, characters and story. Yeah. Um, because if you just want, like, a pretty consistent slow drip of a just fun and enjoyable story this is the game for you. It's not going to be just a huge plot dump full of revelations constantly, but it's, it's fun and enjoyable and the characters tend to be heartwarming and sweet. And it's a really lovely game. Yeah. Also, uh, if, if you are into, uh, the queer content, this is the game for you. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I... it has a lot of it and is way more explicit than mo- basically any other, uh, most other games I could name, or even a lot of, like, anime I could name. Mm-hmm. It it has yet to enter the realm of just explicitly being like, hey, no, these these two characters are queer and dating, but um, it does basically everything but. Yeah. Down like to it, it, literally implicitly having them move in together. Yeah, it is a, it is a scenario where while you could say oh they're just gals being pals um for some of them it requires far more mental gymnastics to say that Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yeah uh so yeah it's 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 often not like explicit but it is like right on the edge um which is more than you can say for most things honestly Mm -hmm. um if you are interested in playing as well, um, now is the ideal time to start playing uh, because, like we said, the fifth anniversary is going on, um, and that means they're giving you at minimum a free ten roll every day up until March thirtieth. Uh, yeah. So that I will try to you... release this episode before it ends. <laughs> we'll see. If not, um, wait a year and then do it again because listen, yeah. it'll have, a, it'll have yeah. an anniversary every year. They, they do this event every year. Yeah, or, or you nice don't thing. even necessarily need to wait, like, a whole year. Because yeah. they'll sometimes do these things, like, they did it for the New Year's as well, like I said. They, oh, yeah, the, they did. The exact same thing. They had the same, like, draw roulette where you get, you were guaranteed at least one 100 roll, had the gotcha frenzies, did that exact same thing just three months ago. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, you might have to wait a bit, but they're fairly frequent. 
Mm-hmm. Also, it's just it's a fun game to play. Um, it can be a little bit of a chore to set up at the very beginning, just because of how you need to navigate the browser, um, because it's in Japanese. But there are a couple of guides um, that, if Dustin doesn't mind, we can also probably link in the show notes. That'll make it a little bit easier to uh, set things up. In oh yeah, maybe five, I can definitely do that. Cool. Um, yeah, so that should just to be that should be just about our show. Um, so there's one last thing we want to do for next week's podcast, which is roll on our own personal Gotcha Pond machine, um, where we have each picked uh, a bunch of games that are on our own individual banners to yeah. roll on to pick our next week. Uh, do we want to roll on your banner since I picked this one? Uh, yeah, sure. Hold on a second here. Let me bring that up. Um, I'm actually going to... I think I'm going to delete one action. Well, no, I'll, I'll leave Record Keeper on there. I Listen, think. we need to have something we can be disappointed in. We can't yeah, have yeah. good times every week. Do I even have Record Keeper? No, I don't have Record Keeper on there. I'll, I'll put well, that you on need to there add it. just because... Yeah, just because, like, oh, man. Yeah, I'll have things to say about that game if we do it. So let me bring up a uh, dice roller here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've got, like, 18 games picked. <laughs> uh let's see thank 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 you wizards of the coast website for having this old ass dice roller from back in 2005 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where you can it, it make a custom die things. number it's gonna roll a die 18 uh oh wait i rolled 18 die ones that's not what it's supposed to do <laughs> i swapped these numbers let me try that again i believe okay. in you you can do this this is great okay podcast. so great i rolled radio. a I roll a 16. Oh, boys. This is one I haven't played yet. Me neither. This one seemed interesting. Yeah, so I have. I, I know about this one because Crunchyroll constantly advertises it on their website. It is called Don Machi Memoria Freeze, uh, or Freeze. I, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, but it is the gacha game uh, that's based off the anime uh, Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Just going just gonna to put it out there. Probably, um, you know, maybe find a better <laughs> oh. environment to do that. <laughs> well, look, I mean, if you both enjoy, if you both enjoy, enjoy dungeoning. I mean, li- listen, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum, but I'm just saying, you know, maybe time <laughs> and a place. Yeah, so that we will, we will be talking about that next. So that'll be a new experience for both of us. Uh, it will be almost extremely anime, I would imagine. So prepare yourself. Seeing as it's based on an anime, I think that's probably a safe bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think they have collaborations occasionally too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what their most recent one was, uh, but yeah. So uh, if you want to follow along with us, uh, feel free to uh, download that. Please don't spend money on it. <laughs> I beg of you, because <laughs> who knows if it's gonna be good. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah. yeah so uh where can we find you on the internet uh you can find me at stilts the gm on twitter uh you can also listen to my other co- other podcast called baka cast uh where uh we review anime um and uh i also uh in- we we also i've also been interspersing our normal anime review episodes with um bonus episodes that i call jojo's bizarre rewatch uh, where me and a group of friends um, go through, uh, uh, talk about the latest episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and 
you know, where we're talking about the current season, Vento Oreo. So check that out. There's a, a lot of discussion about a lot of weird things that happen in JoJo's, like uh, like turning your tooth into a jellyfish so you can drink a cup filled of a cup that's filled with urine. Well, I mean, that just sounds like a fun Friday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah. Where can we then, find you? Like I said, I'm I'm Sierra. You can find me on Twitter at Rhetoric Acrobat, and that's that's about it. I don't. Is is this your very first things. podcast? It it is. I'm a little, oh, I'm a little babby podcaster. So proud of you. I know. I'm so proud of me too. All right, you did a good job hosting. Honestly, um, probably better Thank than you. the first time I tried hosting. <laughs> All right. So do the the one thing that I always struggle with. I'm not sure if you've thought of this, but but what do you want to do for our outro? Like all the professional oh, shit, we have to have an outro. Like they they do a thing. Um, shit, I didn't. We can just we can just do a mulligan. We can just do a mulligan on this and save it for later. We don't have to do an outro. We might need now. to do a mulligan for later. How, how about we just say goodbye? Yeah, we'll just say goodbye. Just leave this whole thing in. Yeah, we'll say goodbye for now. We'll figure out something later. Have fun, everybody. Bye. Don't spend money on this next gotcha. It's a bad idea. Don't. Don't do it.